Hello again, friends, and welcome on into episode 183 of the SCO Show. Proudly a part of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. It brought to you by the great folks at SB Nation. My name is Mark Schofield, back at the big chair for today, Monday, March 29th, 2021. And usually Mondays are mock draft Mondays. But as I alluded to last week, this week is going to be a bit different. Why? I am currently away from home. Family, little spring break action. I'm on a beach in Corolla, North Carolina. It's really just, it's not so much spring break as it is. We've just taken what we've done, which is virtual schooling and all that stuff. Wife and I working from home and just transplanted it to a different house. But the kids are off. Um, so by the time you listen to this, I might be out mini golfing or whatever. But I did sort of want to divert from your usual Monday fair of Mock Draft Monday and outline top 11 rookie quarterbacks for the upcoming draft. And so that's what we're going to do. But before we do that, your usual cavalcade of reminders. Please do follow along with the hijinks, of which there is a lot, at Mark Schofield on the Bird app. Follow along, Touchdown Wire USA Today, Matt Waldman's RSP, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, Pat's Pulpit, on down the line. All right, so since nothing of note has happened, let's dive into the rookie quarterbacks. And we will start with the guy at, what's that? The San Francisco 49ers did what now? Right. Obviously, we're not going to talk quarterbacks today because a lot of stuff happened on Friday that we have to get to. And for those of you that are members of the Slack channel, you've heard some of this story. But for those of you that are not, I'm going to let you into a little bit of life with Uncle Mark here. A little Uncle Mark story. I, I tell Uncle Mark stories from time to time, and we're going to do that right now. Because since I am away this week, but football news does not stop. I spent all of last week, you know, the week of, you know, March 20th and on down the line, actually March 22nd, getting ready to schedule stuff for this week. And so I was doing my top quarterback list. I was doing my top tight ends and receivers. And the other thing that I was doing, which I was polishing up Friday afternoon was my first two-round mock draft over four touchdown wide, which was set to be scheduled for April 1st. Perfect day to drop a mock draft, right? April Fool's Day. And I literally polished it all up, all 64 picks. You had lots of trades and movement and all that stuff. And I had scheduled it, and I was like, all right, it's 1 o'clock on Friday. I'm leaving town on Saturday. I'm done. Everything is done and dusted. I've recorded my top 11 quarterbacks podcast. I've recorded my top 11 tight ends podcast. It's spring break, man. I'm going to hop on the Xbox. I'm going to play a little Call of Duty, run around Nuketown for a bit. You know, get ready and turn the mind off because I'm done. I'm putting the week of work to bed. And then, of course, Kyle Shanahan says, Mark, man, buddy, I'm no. And the San Francisco 49ers and the Miami Dolphins execute the trade that went down with the Dolphins trading out from 3 to 12 and also getting some future first-rounders and a third-round pick in this draft. And so I immediately have to 
turn Call of Duty off. I had a great game going too in Nuketown. I was like 14 and 2 on a game of Kill Confirmed, but I had to turn it off because I had to write about the ramifications of this trade. And I had to redo the mock draft. And it, it, it dawned on myself and Doug Farrar that, look, there's an opportunity here. Nice little window to push the mock now. You know, people are going to be like, how is this going to change the draft? Well, here's a mock draft. So I reworked things. And I was just about ready to push send when my phone buzzes again. And it's the Dolphins moving from 12 to 6 with the Eagles. And now I'm just literally losing my mind. So that was Monday. Now... Not Monday, Friday, whatever. Everything's blurred together. So I, what I thought of what I should do here is scrap the top 11 quarterbacks. We'll do that for Thursday's show. And I'm going to talk about this trade, really the San Francisco-Miami one, because the Miami-Philadelphia one, I think that's ancillary to this. So for the next couple of minutes, I'm going to talk about this trade. And in the second half of the show, I'm going to talk about what it might mean for New England. Because this is, last I checked, the Patriot show. Um, so what does this trade mean? I think it means that the Niners are coming up for a quarterback, right? That is the easy, easy answer. Because I don't think you're going to three to get Kyle Pitts, especially if you're the 49ers. I don't think you're going to three to get a receiver, especially in a deep draft like this. That's a, two future first-round picks. That's a lot to give up. So it's clear, and I think everybody assumes, they're going up for a quarterback. But who? Because in the, af- in the immediate aftermath of this trade, the speculation was it's Trey Lance or it's Mac Jones. And not just from hoopleheads like me. You're Dan Orlovsky's of the world. You're... Daniel Jeremiah's of the world, and others on down the line. And it could be. Both of those quarterbacks, I do think, would be good fits in Kyle Shanahan's offense. I have said on this show and others that Trey Lance could walk into that locker room, pick up that Shanahan playbook, and run it right now. I have no doubt in my mind. Now, if you're Kyle Shanahan, if you're John Lynch, you might think, while that's true, we're not comfortable with him doing it week one. We, we want to break him in, you know, but it could be Trey Lance. It could be Mac Jones. Who is Mac Jones compared to most often throughout this entire process? It's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins 2.0. Kirk Cousins plus. Kirk Cousins with a slice of Jimmy Garoppolo. Kirk Cousins with a little dash of Jared Goff. Whatever you want to say, it's Kirk Cousins. And we know just how Kyle Shanahan feels about Kirk Cousins. He tried to get him. To San Francisco when he ended up in Minnesota instead. He has spoke glowingly of Kirk Cousins dating back to their time together in Washington. And so does it seem like this could be a move to number three overall for McCorkle? It could be. It could be that the San Francisco 49ers are moving to third overall in the year of our Lord, 2021, to draft McCorkle Jones, quarterback Alabama. And if you out there wonder how it is that I get paid to do what I do, 
It's because Mac McCorkle Jones is a viable option with the third pick in an NFL draft in the year of our Lord, 2021. That's how. We bless the content gods because this trade was a thunderbolt from the clouds manufactured by the content gods. And so, yes, that's the easy piece to this, right? That the 49ers are coming up for a quarterback and it's Lance and it's Jones. But then there is me who refuses to believe that the quarterback they are moving up for and giving up two future first-round picks is not named Justin Fields. But here we are. And everybody is saying Lance or Jones, and very few people are saying Justin Fields. And then in the midst of this, Gil Brandt drops a tweet on everybody's head that basically says, Fields is as polarizing as it gets. I have talked to some teams that have him in the top five, and I've talked to another team that says he's in the he's a fourth rounder. And I instantly reacted to that, which got a lot of speculation. Oh, it might be the Chiefs or the Bills that they're set at quarterback. That's not how Graydon works. You know, if you're a team stacking your vertical and horizontal boards, you don't stack generally based on your needs. You stack based on the player grades. Why? Because if you're a team like the Kansas City Chiefs is sitting at the end of the first round and Justin Fields is there, you might not draft him, but you want to have a grade on him. So when a team says, we want to come back into the first round to draft Justin Fields, you want to know what you should ask for in return. And if you're if you've got a fourth round grade on this guy and you've done that because that's not not you know, that's when you would draft him, you won't get the value you should. And so teams aren't going to grade based on where they would pick players. They're going to stack their boards based on the individual players' grades. Which means that this isn't a situation, uh, unless Gil Brandt sort of worded it wrong and, you know, the team that he talked to, it's more of a, yeah, he's a first-round pick, but we want to touch him, uh, you know, until the fourth because we've got Josh Allen, we've got Patrick Mahomes. Maybe that's possible. Maybe that's possible. Maybe not. Maybe there is a team out there that really has Justin Fields as a fourth-round quarterback. I I don't want to believe it, but maybe. So the 49ers are coming up for a quarterback. The Dolphins, they have now moved down and then back up again because they used one of their first rounders acquired in this trade and, you know, their pick of 12 to come up to six. Well, the Eagles who slid black, who apparently, although the tweet has since been deleted, were trying to get up for Zach Wilson, couldn't get up. Now you've got the Niners at three. Jets aren't trading out. They had pretty much the Holy Trinity at BYU for Zach Wilson's pro days. Douglas was there and everybody else. So they're not trading out. It looks like Wilson's the guy at two. A quarterback, whoever, San Francisco likes at three. And so the Eagles are saying, well, we'll slide back now. And so they slide back to 12 since they couldn't get up. And so Miami is now in a position where they're at six. And it's probably, if they were going to draft a quarterback, if they were going to draft a quarterback, they would have just stayed at three. But here's a thought. 
What if they're not done at quarterback? You notice how I emphasized oddly a little bit there if they were going to draft a quarterback? Because they have a ton of capital now. And one of the driving storylines of this entire offseason has been a potential Deshaun Watson trade, right? It doesn't look like that's going to happen. I don't think you're trading for Deshaun Watson right now. A player that might end up on the commissioner's exempt list by the time this podcast airs. What about another quarterback? And no, 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 not Jimmy Garoppolo. We'll talk about him in a minute. Russell Wilson. Because now you have all this draft capital. You have all these future first-round picks. Could you go get Russell Wilson now? Now, the Chicago Bears, they tried to do that, right? They tried to go pry Russell Wilson away from Seattle. And it seems like that wasn't going to happen. But they couldn't put together a package that Miami now can. And now maybe Miami is just thinking, look, we'll sit at six, right? Because let's look at how this board stacks up. You now know it's quarterbacks at one, two, and three. And so the draft in earnest begins at four with Atlanta. Now, I think with the Matt Ryan restructure and how much money they've committed to Matt Ryan, they're not drafting quarterback, not going to draft somebody that's not going to see the field for like two and a half, three years. So you can see a Jamar Chase or Kyle Pitts at four. And I do think Kyle Pitts at four might be the way Atlanta's going. Arthur Smith, two tight end offense, yada, 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 on down the line. At five, Cincinnati's probably locked into a tackle. A lot of people think it's Penny Sewell. It could be Rashawn Slater. I'm starting to come around to the idea of Slater. But either way, tackle. So now you're Miami at six. You could get tackle two. You could get wide receiver one. You could do any of those things. So those are certainly options. Miami could go in that direction. Or they could trade out again. That's not off the table, right? Carolina at eight, Denver at nine. A team sitting at 15 to come up for QB5, maybe. Or you could package all that stuff and go get Russell Wilson. That is also hypothetically an option. And given what I've been told in the past 24 hours, I don't think it's one that people should rule out. So that's the big picture. But this is a Patriot show. What does this mean for New England? That's next here on episode 183 of the Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 183 of the Sco Show. And... We're reacting here on this Monday to the news from Friday. The two big blockbuster trades really were focused on the first one, the Dolphins and the 49ers. But since this is a Patriot show, we got to think, how does this impact the New England Patriots? Because now... As we just outlined at the end of the first segment of this show, you are probably locked into quarterbacks at one, two, and three. And now you have teams, we'll say Atlanta still potentially at four, Detroit potentially at seven, Carolina potentially at eight, Denver potentially at nine, maybe even Philly potentially at 12. I mean, maybe not, but since there's that now since deleted rap tweet about the Eagles trying to get up for Zach Wilson... You know, there are a lot of teams now 
and only two quarterbacks. And then there are the New England Patriots of 15. So how does this trade impact the Patriots quarterback search? And so I figured I'd sort of take a look at that. And yes, what you just heard is probably my reaction. It's time to have a cold one. Because what this trade probably did is destroy the dreams of Justin Fields to New England or Trey Lance to, New, to the New England Patriots. And so I'm going to hit the pause button here. That first sip of truly goodness goes down easily. Didn't want to have you listen into that, though. I mean, you're not tuning into a podcast to hear somebody, literally hear somebody drink. But I do think this probably puts the death knell on the Patriots getting one of the top four. Which means if they want a guy, they have one option in the draft in the first round, and it's McCorkle. And maybe that is what ends up happening, right? And in the mock that went up, in the aftermath of all this, I had the New England Patriots trading up with the Giants to get to 11 for McCorkle. And I felt nauseous push and publish, but it had to be done. Because it does seem like, it does seem like this could be the move to go get a quarterback, right? You spend all this money in free agency, you add all these weapons, you add all these pieces, you don't have a ton of needs. Now let's go get the QB. And so McCorkle could be the guy. You know, McCorkle could be the guy. Because you would anticipate the Trey Lance will be gone, and so the the guy left could be McCorkle. Now, maybe the universe and the NFL universe thinks about Justin Fields the way that Gil Brandt tweet went out. And there is going to be a Justin Fields slide. Could that happen? Sure. Would I be overjoyed? Absolutely. And would Justin Fields fit into this offense that they seem to be building? Yes. But we might start to really sort of steal ourselves from McCorkle because he might be he might be the last guy left. Or there's another option. Jimmy Garoppolo. Because Immediately in the aftermath of this trade, my texts, my DMs, my phone calls, it was how soon is Garoppolo in New England? Because you see now, Garoppolo might be expendable. And you look, at least from San Francisco's perspective, and you look at San Francisco right now from a roster construction standpoint, they have Josh Rosen, you know, Nick Mullins is still technically on the depth chart. Um, there's almost no need and there's no financial need to hold on to him that much longer because it's clear that you're going to get a QB. Now, maybe you were coming up for a Trey Lance and you feel like he might not be ready and Garoppolo would be the better bridge, okay? But you've also got Rosen that has started NFL games and won NFL games. He went into Lambeau Field and ended Mike McCarthy's tenure as the Packers head coach. And so there's no sense in keeping Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster, particularly when you look at the ability to get off of that contract. You save $23.6 million if you cut him pre-June 1st. With a dead cap of just 2.8. Right? As my colleague, the wise Doug Farrar, wrote, 
like a week ago. Why is he still even on the roster? Especially now. And so Jimmy Garoppolo might end up in New England. And so the question becomes, Jimmy Garoppolo, McCorkle, like, would it be a letdown for the New England Patriots to mass these weapons and start building this offense and putting this all together for one of those two guys? I mean, yeah. But more than anything else, this trade is perhaps a cold dose of reality. You know, the idea that they could somehow get Fields or even Lance might be slipping away because of the need at the position from other teams. And with the 49ers handing on to Garoppolo, there is, in the back of all of our minds, I think this idea that, you know, maybe they're not in the quarterback game. But it's clear they are. And so you start to wonder what other teams are in the quarterback game that we haven't thought of, right? I mean, Denver is one that's kind of on the fence there. You could see that going either direction. But, gosh, did the Giants get in? We've mentioned Detroit, but, you know, they could certainly get in. Minnesota probably can't do it from a financial perspective, but... And so it does seem like the idea of a Fields or a Lance is dying. And so you look at Garoppolo in this offense and Jones in this offense, and if that is indeed the direction they go, it tells you that the athleticism at the quarterback position that Cam Newton offers is just a nice thing to have. It's icing on the cake, but they really want to be that ball controlled, spread you out, passing game, like we saw with Tom Brady. That's still where they want to be. And both Jones and Garoppolo can offer that. And so instead of trying to win with dynamic, athletic ability at the quarterback position, you're really just looking to to spread things out, throw the ball quickly, and cater an offense to their strengths instead. And that could be the direction. Now, I will tell you, and listeners that are also members of the Slack channel can back this up, that speculation was rampant on Friday, and it wasn't getting a lot of people excited. It really wasn't. Phrases such as stuck in the middle of the pack, another 7-9 season. Yada, 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 and on down the line. Do we start looking at the 2022 draft class of quarterbacks? Not yet, but this is a bit of a dose of reality that maybe none of us wanted, but it's here. And it's it's perhaps better from a mental standpoint to get it now than to get it, say, April 20th. Then suddenly, after spending three weeks talking ourselves into the the potential of a Lancer of Fields, it gets crushed closer to the draft. But we will forge on. And how will we do that? Thursday, I'll have my top 11 quarterbacks. I'll push that show to Thursday. We'll talk about quarterbacks then. I'll share my thoughts on this entire group. And since I'm going to be on... The beach in North Carolina, I'm going to have a lot of screwball. 
which is tasty. I finally talked myself into trying it. It's tasty. That's going to be my spring break drink of choice. I don't know what yours will be, but here we are. Uh, that will do it for today. Like I said, I will be back Thursday. Until then, friends, stay safe, wash your hands, and when you do, sin along and bless those Patriots' reigns down in Foxborough.